Hey friends, it's Cody Monkman here, and I am so glad that you are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast. Hey, this is a podcast where we don't preach. Our conversations open up more dialogue on Sunday's sermon, tackle current and local faith topics, and upcoming activities at First Christian Church in Clinton, Illinois. You can find this podcast on our website at www.clintonfcc.com or a link to each podcast on our church Facebook page. And again, hey, we are so glad that you are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast. And now, for your Monday Recap. Hey friends, welcome. You are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast, Episode 8. Man, flying by. Episode 8. Um, Hey, you know what my favorite number is? Eight. It's eight. Why? Yeah. I, I have no idea. You have I, no idea. I, well, no, I take it back. I think yeah. eight is my favorite number because it has symmetry from all sides. Okay. Were, you, were you an art major? Uh, no, no, but okay. I did take art class okay. in junior okay. high. Well, that's good. Okay, so, hey, guys and gals, listening to the Monday Recap. For the first time ever in the history of the Monday Recap podcast, we are live at the Monkman cottage i love it it's, it's a beautiful a home you still got your christmas tree up i do <laughs> i love it man so um i want everyone out there to know i am not a morning person and i can tell that my voice hasn't quite um awakened awakened yeah okay. yeah i think you sound great um, and we do have a new puppy if you didn't know um the puppy is quiet right now that's awesome um, but in the middle of the podcast if all of a sudden you hear a bark and give um, us the puppy's name again uh rory rory the puppy. rory rory not that's rizzo right. no rory, rory the puppy rory. okay all right so um kind of cool that we are not in the office to do this so um let's kind of hit it with the sermon was out of Luke 8. And it was um, an unexpected sermon. It wasn't was, the plan, yeah, you know? Yeah, what happened? One of those wild deals where um, I really thought, rarely does a preacher have an entire weekend off. And that was my weekend. And um, our good friend Adam <laughs> Brucker was going to end with a flurry with a wedding and then a sermon and was injured. Um, very serious back injury. So I ended up actually doing the Jacob Lee Lexi Hammer wedding on Saturday and ended up writing a sermon Saturday night. Um, and I picked a passage from our daily Bible reading from Luke 8, the parable of the sower. Wow. Wow. Well, so, let's let's go ahead and hit yeah. that with, um, in, in that story, you talked about four different kinds of seed that yep. can be sown. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give us kind of, uh, I guess, a recap of all the different seeds sure. from the scriptures? Sure. And then also a personal story of an interaction that yep. you've had yep. um, with sowing that kind of seed. Well, and Jesus, you know, tells this parable, and it's probably the only parable that he actually explains. And, uh, you know, farmers, yeah, I love that part. farmers yeah. out sowing seed, and the seed falls on four different areas. You know, it, it falls on the path, it falls on the rock, it falls on the thorns, it falls on good soil. And the seed that falls on the path, I believe, symbolizes those who are just indifferent. Um, they're resistant. They want nothing to do with the faith. The seed that falls on the rock would be people that, that they're in initially. Yeah, that'd be great to be a follower of Jesus. But there's no root system built up. Mm-hmm. So they don't really have any faith to fall back on. And then maybe the storms of life come and they're out. The seed that falls on the thorns, I would say, symbolizes those who get distracted by the world that we live in. Again, initially, they're all in, but you know, stuff happens, and they get distracted, and they fade away. And then the seed falling on the good soil would um, you know, translate to the people that are responsive and make a decision and live strong as followers of Jesus. 
So, so give us yeah. um, start from the top, working down. Give yeah. us some personal yeah. stories of yeah. uh, different people that you have run into. Well, obviously, I'm not going to name any names, but um, as I was thinking about this Saturday night, you know, not that long ago, I was able to do a funeral um, for a person that was a really strong person of faith, just loved the Lord and um, unashamedly Christian, and yet in the process of preparing the funeral and engaging family, one family member in particular, just had no time whatsoever for Christianity. And I think walked away pretty disappointed with his uh, father's funeral. Uh, this is kind of the body language that, that I received, just really frustrated to hear that. Um, Cody, there's some people, they're just not buying it for whatever reason. It just doesn't connect. It doesn't make sense. And if we're out there and, you know, the idea of sowing seeds, sharing our faith, you're going to encounter some people that have no time whatsoever for it. Uh, in terms of the people that maybe initially make that decision and then they fall away because they don't have a root system, I could give you 37 examples. And you're talking about the seed that falls on the rock That here. falls on the okay. rock and initially they make that decision. Probably the, um, probably the decision that, or, or, or the conversion that, connects the most with me happened in my very first year of ministry. Um, I had a parent bring a child in, um, child being a 16-year-old, so teenager, and really tense situation. You could tell mom and daughter had really been going at it. They were really frustrated, and it was kind of a, she's going to become a Christian. She's going to get baptized type mm, of a deal. Yeah. And, you know, I'm 23 at the time, and we did end up baptizing her, uh, Found out later she had been involved in some really bad behavior, and it was kind of a deal that the mom had worked out with the daughter. You start going to church, you get baptized, and your punishment is going to be a lot less. Oh, than, yeah. And yikes. I mean, obviously, yeah. they didn't disclose that in the office. Now, I'll be honest; I haven't seen this, you know, now adult in twenty five years, so I I don't know what's played out in her life. But looking back on it, just the idea I'm gonna get baptized and, and not change, not not have any transformation take place, um, that's heartbreaking. I've yeah. seen that happen over and over again. You Sounds know? like they fell into a works mentality. Absolutely. And... Well, I, I think to defend the mother a little bit, I think she thought, you know, if she gets baptized and she has to go to church, maybe the theology is going to rub off on her. Maybe the, the Holy Spirit's going to do a work and it's going to change her. But you know, it's it's um it's an action of the heart, and you know it's like you said, if you just get baptized, I want my get out of hell free card, and I don't really mean it, and it doesn't really transform me. All you yeah. did was take a bath, yeah. you know, and there's a lot better places to take a bath. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In terms yeah. of the seed falling on the thorns, this is the one that connected the most with me. People that want to be all in, they want to make that that lifelong change and that lifelong decision. But the, the world they live in is just too distracting. Um, I have a friend that ministered in Wisconsin, mega church up in uh, the Beloit area. And he told me that there would be families that they would come up Memorial Day weekend and they would say, you know, we're going to miss you guys over the next three months. Ha have a great summer. We'll see you the Sunday after Labor Day weekend. Every weekend, they would go to Michigan to lake houses every weekend. They weren't wow. in church. Wow. And, and he said, these weren't, you know, your super shallow, no faith whatsoever kind of people. These were difference makers. They just kind of took the summer off. It was just kind of like summer break. And I would say some might be able to pull that off. I couldn't do that. 
I couldn't say, God, summer off from worship. Can't go down that road. T- too many things are happening. You know, the lake is mm-hmm. calling. Water skiing is calling. Camping is calling. And all that stuff is good. But I think you look at youth sports really um, kind of made a confession during the second service that one of the real failures I feel that I made, and I'm not even bringing Marla into this. This was on me because I put a huge priority in this. Too much of an emphasis on youth sports when uh, Peyton especially was younger. If I could go back in time, that's one thing I would do mm. different. Not, yeah. not saying we wouldn't do youth sports, but there would be a healthy balance. I feel like a lot of times if, if there was a tournament, that was it. You know, and if youth group suffers, youth group suffers. If church suffers, church suffers. Well, and I really appreciated that you said, uh, and this is kind of a quote, not kind of, it is. The distracted will forget the truth. Yeah. And I just really appreciate that because in, especially in the last year in my world of student ministry, um, you know, I just, I've really seen how people's lives are shaped uh, differently today yeah and with the you know kids are are busier today than ever before absolutely and especially in the last five years when you have all these you know the xbox ones and the live and social media and we are the most connected culture connected generation in the american culture but also the most disconnected culture face-to-face absolutely and and i am totally seeing that in the student ministry yeah and and, but can i say it's not just student ministry for sure i think it's across the board i really do for sure i'm just in my world of student sure totally seeing it i get that so i get that um let's kind of move forward into uh first corinthians you mentioned first corinthians 316 and for those three, six or three six i said yeah. 16 that's earlier. okay it's all right it's three hey, six it's an early morning folks. it's all good buddy it's all good first corinthians 3 6 it says this i planted apollos watered but god gave the growth right um what why did you pick that that verse well i think a lot of times the danger with a sermon like yesterday which is all about sharing your faith you know jesus uses the term sowing seed i think people have the greatest of intentions and they're equipped with the roman road or the five finger exercise which we'll talk about that later and they leave church and they head out and they say son i need to talk to you or spouse i need to talk to you or coworker i need to talk with you and they're expecting that there's going to be like this instantaneous miraculous conversion and they're going to be calling you or me saying can we get into the church later tonight you know to do a baptism that rarely happens yeah rarely does someone say man you're right i need to change <laughs> right now it's the process of sowing seed over time yeah living strong for Christ, looking for opportunities to have those conversations. And so I think a lot of people think if it doesn't happen right away, I'm a failure. And Paul is writing this book, 1 Corinthians, to a troubled church in Corinth. And he's basically saying, look, I've spent my whole life since my conversion sowing seed. And then my friend Apollos came behind and he watered that seed. But it's God that made it grow. It's God that warmed the heart. It's God that allowed the conversion. To me, that should be very freeing. That I don't have to force my non-Christian spouse. I don't have to force my non-Christian child. I don't have to force my non-Christian co-worker to become a follower of Jesus. I'm sowing seed and I'm waiting for, for God to really move in their you life. Know, just hearing you talk, there's one word that comes to my mind that 
kind of is a difference maker, and that is consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not. It's usually not these big, you know, planting right. the big seed. It's right. you know throwing small seed here and there, and kind of those the small things that are said and done on a daily basis. And I'm just thinking, of course, again, in the life of a child yeah. or, you know, a parent who desires her child to love the Lord. Um, it's the small things. It's incorporating Jesus in bath time and in car time and, you know, talking about, hey, what's what's God teaching you? And just they're probably going to look with you a daze and they're like, what are you talking about? And then just let their mind go and right. let them share with you what's on their heart and what you learn from church and just all those small little conversations. And then before they go to bed, you speak a little bit of God's truth yeah. into their, their little ears uh, before they sleep. And I just think those things uh, over time consistently will make a huge difference. Amen. Um, now, in, let me say this. Let me take it to the adult level. Uh, I have seen this play out far too many times, and that is where someone very much is willing to have the Jesus conversation when it's convenient for them, but um, he or she, they're just not a nice person. They're just kind of a mean person. And the people that are around them, uh, they don't see Jesus day in, day out in that life. They see, and I'm going to be blunt, they see a jerk at times. They see someone that's harsh at times. They see someone that's inappropriate at times. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to bring a little Jesus into the conversation. Mm -hmm. That's not playing. You know, I I had an incident not that long ago where um, uh, I had an individual in our church just really upset with me before church on a Sunday morning. Um, So upset that uh, his parting shot to me was, you need to be fired. That's how upset he was at me. And a family member came by, and it's like he turned on the dime and, hey how you doing? Everything's great. And I think too many people think that that's an acceptable way to live your life. And man, that harms your witness in the workplace. That harms your witness in the house. I'm just telling you, if you're a father, if you're a mother, that is just always a negative Nelly and always difficult to be around. And then, hey guys, it's time to go to church. That, that kids aren't stupid. You know so what the I'm whole uh, do what I say, not what I do yeah. doesn't really work well. It, well, it's hypocrisy. Yeah. That's what yeah. I would say. Yeah. Now, now, let me say this. We all have bad days. I certainly do. We all have those days we'd like to go back in time and flip the switch and get a do-over. What I'm talking about is consistent living where, where you're really living by the fruit of the Spirit. I, I just think that really impacts in a huge way, one way or the other. Yeah. You know what I'm now, saying? Now, Pastor, yes. I got a question. Please. How do I sow seed in the life of my dog? Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm good, just kidding. good luck with that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no children. I just have a puppy. Well, when she pees on your kitchen floor, <laughs> don't beat the tar out of her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, hey, all right. Back, back to your sermon. Yes. Um, you. One of your points was that we are not called to memorize the Bible, right. but to share the plan of salvation. Right. Um, that really stuck with me because I knew what we were going to be talking about in student ministry last night. And and one of the things I shared with the students was, you know, inviting your friend to the fun things like a Fan the Flame concert that's coming up or, you know, our pre-Super Bowl parties or, you know, the, the fun things of life. That's great because while they're there, their hope should be that they get introduced to um, an adult leader within the student ministry who loves Jesus. Right. But right. at some point in that relationship, 
while they are doing some of those things to help their friend rub elbows with other Christians and praying for them, at some point, they're going to need to share the gospel message. Right. Like, we can't just lean on Amen. a program or, you know, some event to change the life of somebody else in your life. Right. right? You really right. do need to share the gospel message. Well, and I think it's awesome to invite people. Hey, come to church with me. Come to youth group with me. Um, my best friend in college... His girlfriend, who, who is now his wife, became a Christian because he started taking her to church when she was in high school. But I think at some point, you've got to be able to articulate why you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. The reason that I go to church isn't because we have cool coffee drinks on Sunday morning. The reason that I go to church isn't because we have an awesome sanctuary, although we do have an awesome sanctuary. If that's the answers that I'm giving when people say, why are you a part of that church? Why are you a person of faith? You're really short-selling what the faith is all about. Three things, Roman Road, mm-hmm. ABCD to Jesus, five-finger exercise. I'll do these quickly. Yep, do them um, quickly. Yeah, you know, the Roman Road, simply put, six scriptures that take you from all people are lost, Romans 3.23, all the way to Romans 12, Offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. In between, you see how Jesus makes all the difference in the world. God's love is unconditional. Belief, confession, baptism, the whole deal. ABCD to Jesus. Bob Russell, who preached at our church five years ago. One of my favorite preachers of all time. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe in Jesus Christ. Confess him as Lord. Demonstrate your allegiance by repentance and baptism. Five Finger Exercise is the oldest of them all. It goes 200 years ago to a guy named Walter Scott, one of the founding Which fathers. Which I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah, founding so, fathers of the Restoration Movement who ministered in Jacksonville, Illinois, not far from yeah, here. Um, believe, repent, confess, be baptized, live the Christian life. Now, um, I did that really quickly, and you don't want to do it really quickly <laughs> when you're in conversation with someone, but I think having this ability to be able to say, you know, here's how you become a Christian. Here's why you become a Christian. Um, it's gold. You and know, I, and it, it's I wanna, awesome. I want to throw this out. And, and at least in the middle of your sermon at second service, you invited everyone. Hey, shoot me an email. Contact Absolutely. me if you want these materials. Yep. So um, Do if it. you want to contact Greg, his email is greg at clintonfcc.com. And it's not the Clinton Foundation. <laughs> it's First Christian Church. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you know, just listening to those three, yep. um, just so everyone listening knows, the five-finger exercise is still very relevant because we use it at camp. Um, and then the Roman road I used with our two recent um, baptisms and student ministry. Yeah. So They connect, um, I think. Old, you know? They're old, but, yeah, they connect. They still work. Yep. So. And I think the my favorite are the scriptures in the book of Romans because, and they're they're very easy to memorize. At least memorize the the big idea behind it. Um, how can you not get excited about telling someone about God's unconditional love? Mm-hmm. How can you not get excited about telling somebody you know the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord? So you gave uh, the whole church at FCC a gift starting in the new year. Yeah. It was about Bible memorization, Bible reading, Bible daily reading. Bible reading. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and we're publishing it weekly. Fill us in. On well, all we're challenging the entire church to read a chapter a day. And as they read that chapter a day, we're giving them three things, a key verse to kind of meditate on, a question to consider, and an action step to take. And, you know, today's Luke chapter 9, the key verse is one of the most key teachings of Jesus. Verse 23, if anyone's going to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. 
and you know, to me, it's a 15-minute-a-day exercise. Now, you can make it longer than that if you want to, but I would think everyone can find 15 minutes at some point to do this. And I just think it's cool to be able to say, our entire church is in Luke chapter 9 today. Mm-hmm. Our entire church. Tomorrow morning, we're doing a reload at 6 a.m., reload for men, and I'm going to teach out of our Bible reading for the day, Luke chapter 10. What comes to mind when I say Luke chapter 10? Do you know? I have no idea. Sorry. Parable of the Good Samaritan. Oh. And Martha yeah. and Mary. You're oh, worried okay. and distracted about yeah. so many things. So we're going to look at that. And I'm trying to help people start locking in across the board. This is what today is. This is what today brings. So Pretty you nice. did mention Bible memorization, and I'm going to roll this out next week on the recap. But okay. we're going to start a Bible memory class. Okay. It's going to be a weekly class that's going to meet, believe it or not, at the YMCA. Hey-o. And you don't have to be a member of the Y to be there. You're going to memorize two verses of Scripture every week and 35-40 minute gathering. Probably going to be Mondays around lunchtime is what we're looking at. Okay. Um, now, for your, your Bible reading plan. Yes. I went to church yesterday and I lost it or something. My, yep. my paper yep. that yep. was in the bulletin, it's gone. Yep. Um, how can I get access to it now that I'm Well, at work? if you go to our website, we're actually going to have a link under media for a blog that Allison has put together. That, that's nice. the easiest way to do it. But I've linked it on my daily blog this morning. I have it on my Facebook page. And if all is lost, if you're just not very good technologically, stop by the office. And we have both in the office and at the Welcome Center printed copies of the Bible reading for the week. And I know that when you, the same little click on the website to get the Bible reading plan, that's also the links to the Monday Recap Podcast. Absolutely. And... The Bridge Podcast. That's right. Which, by the way, talk about the Bridge Podcast. Well, it's Dr. Kluver. Dr. Kluver was episode one, released on January 1st. Um, the Bridge Podcast is different than the Monday Recap in that it is to help build bridges between parenting and faith. So episode one, we talked about uh, just exhaustion and how that impacts parents. Episode two, we, are, we talked about um, with a lady named Amy Joy. Who is not from the uh, this area? Yeah, uh, talked about cultivating a love of God's word uh, in their children, and then episode three, which is going to be in March, is with Beth Wickenhauser, a local educational professional. Yeah, uh, talking about the power of dreaming and children and yeah. reading to your kids at a young age. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And speaking of the Monday recap, we want people not just to listen but to share. Yeah, you need to share it. You Please share it online with your friends. I actually was sitting in a pew, uh, second service, and had a guy in front of me, um, you know, turn turn back and say, "Hey, I listen to that recap podcast uh, daily or yep. weekly, I suppose." Yep. I had a person at a basketball game Friday night in Mount Pulaski no tell me you? they found the podcast and loved it, and they're not even a part of our That's church hilarious. or our community. So That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, folks. Happy Monday. Uh, get your week started with Jesus. Thanks for letting me hang out at the cottage this morning. <laughs> Seriously, this is awesome. And guess what? The dog didn't bark, which is amazing. Man, way to go, Rizzo. I mean, Rory, way to go. Way to go, Rory. We will see you next week for episode nine.